this was a great team. And I, and I think I told the guys, I said, you know, as you move forward in your careers, you should use your leadership to create an atmosphere like this. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I hate grocery shopping. It's one of my least favorite things in the entire world. I, You know, at its core, I don't like the task of taking things and organizing them. You know what I mean? So the idea of going to a place where I have to collect things, organize them in my cart, pay for them, organize them in, in, in bags, then take it all home, unload it from my car, take it up unpack it all and then reorganize i mean we're we're reorganizing organizing reorganizing unpacking packing it, the whole process sucks and it costs me money and i have to do it it's never ending it's it's never ending like you think of things like a colonoscopy yeah that's a pain in the ass literally a pain in the ass but you do it once every you know i don't know i'm, I'm not a man of that age but it's not every week jesus grocery shopping i gotta do it every week i hate it but i will say i do love coming home from work the day after or the, the evening after I've gone grocery shopping and opening my fridge and having an abundance of options. I like being able to, to decide what should I eat tonight? I like getting to make that choice. I could go, I could make some chicken. I could warm up these veggies. I could make a frozen pizza if I want to, but that's not my only option. But I like having options. It's a great feeling as opposed to coming home and opening the fridge and there's eggs and maybe some shredded cheese. It's like, all right, I guess an egg sandwich for dinner it is. Not much not much decision making to be done here. As I look at the show rundown in front of me tonight, I, I see a Brewers topic, a Packers topic, a David Bakhtiari story. We got some details about his knee injury and what comes next for him today. I see a Buck story that I'd very much like to talk about. Mike Clemens is on the rundown. I mean, geez, I, I feel like I got a full fridge here. This show's going to be great. We have a, a medley. We have a great variety of things to talk about. As opposed to the last couple nights where it's like, I guess we'll just be pissed about the Brewers. Oh, what do, what do I have in, in the fridge? I have a package of ham and some mustard. And God knows how long the mustard has been in there. So I guess I'll, I'll roll up the ham, put a little mustard in there and eat it, you know, without bread. It, an unwitch, you know, less carbs. It's nothing to do with the fact that I don't have any bread, right? I love this rundown. It's like a full fridge. I'm excited for tonight's show. And it's perfect because it's a Friday. You never want to miss a Friday show. We have no reason to miss a Friday show. We have so much to talk about tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having a great Friday. I think of, uh, spiritually, our listeners in lacrosse on WKTY. The week after Oktoberfest is always a brutal one, isn't it? It's like going back to work after Thanksgiving. You know, for weeks and weeks and weeks, you look forward to getting that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And then when you go back to work on Monday, it's like, well, now what? Now what do I have to look forward to? Other than the the rewarding nature of my job, of course, and I do love this job. If my boss is listening, God, it's a privilege to come in here and do this every day. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I mean? So my heart is, is with the lacrosse listeners a little bit on WKTY, knowing that we finally reached the end of the week following Oktoberfest, which that work week feels like it's six or seven days long. So cheers to our Oktoberfest crowd over there in w, uh, WKTY land in La Crosse. Uh, I always think of our Madison and Eau Claire listeners. The Eau Claire listeners, they don't give me a choice because we get so many callers from WAYY. But specifically tonight, I'm 
thinking of our lacrosse crowd. 608-321-1670. If you'd like to call the show, I would love to have you. We'll open up the phones here in a little bit. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant, and you should go on to Twitter if you use Twitter, and you should go follow Mike Clements. Uh, he's going to be here at 530. He's been given great coverage throughout the week. He was going to the Brewer game the other night. He was at Bucks Media Day on Monday. Bucks Media Day feels like it was three weeks ago. This has been the longest sports week. The Brewers began and ended a playoff run, and by playoff run, in air quotes, it was a, a period of about 29 or 30 hours, so not much of a run, but we did do that. We did ride that roller coaster this week, so so much to talk about. I wanted to start with the Brewers. But then David Bakhtiari spoke to the media this afternoon, and I have a couple of things that I want to say about it. Now, a couple caveats before I start spewing opinions about David Bakhtiari and his knee injury. Uh, I was not there at this press conference today. I have yet to watch it start to finish. I'm assuming it's going to go up on the Packers channels if it hasn't already. I would play it for you, but I saw that it's really long, and I don't want to take 30 minutes of the show just to play David Bakhtiari. It might be difficult to hear, you know, and even if I pause it and give comments, that's not good radio, so I don't really want to do that. And David Bakhtiari has, you know, shown that he likes to, you know, throw some swear words around, and I I can't do that on the radio. So I've not seen the press conference. I was not there to cover the press conference. I'm simply reacting to the quotes that I see and the tweets from Tom Silverstein and Bill Huber and Rob Domofsky and Matt Schneidman and our own Mike Clemens. Right. So do I have the full story? No, I'm not going to let that stop me from giving my opinion. And, and, you know, maybe that that speaks to an issue we have in sports talk radio. But caveat, I may not know every single detail. Another caveat before we get into this. I have so much sympathy for David Bakhtiari and what has happened to his knee. Because we just assume in today's day and age, in 2023, that if a player blows out their knee or tears their Achilles or or has some sort of brutal, you know, year-long injury, we assume the surgery is going to be a slam dunk and go well. We assume the rehab is going to be easy and simple and they'll be back to their old selves in 12 months, 9 months, 10 months, 12 months, whatever. We always assume that. And we shouldn't because it doesn't always go that way. And this David Bakhtiari injury, I think, is a good lesson in that. I have plenty of sympathy for David Bakhtiari. Plenty. I'm not blaming him for his injury. I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying he's not rehabbing hard enough. I'm not saying he's not trying hard enough to play. I want to make that abundantly clear. And I also don't fault the Packers 100%. I fault them a certain percent. We're about to talk about that. I don't know the exact percent. I don't fault them 100% because... You know, how are they supposed to know he's going to blow out his knee? And then how are they supposed to know that whatever surgeon did his, you know, did his knee, I think he did it with a wooden spoon, he did the surgeon. Like, that's that's not totally on the Packers' fault. I do have some issues with the Packers, but before we get into that, I just want to make that abundantly clear. I don't have all the details. I don't hold this against David Bakhtiari, and for the most part, I don't really hold it against the Packers. But we learned today, as David Bakhtiari addressed reporters, that he needs another surgery. He's out for the rest of the year. The doctors are confident that it's a cartilage issue that they suspected was there but couldn't prove it was the issue. He hopes to be ready by camp next year. That's what Tom Silverstein tweeted. I think we can all agree that Tom Silverstein, or Spoon as they call him, is not he's not clickbait guy. He's not trying to sex up his tweets for engagement. He is the bastion of journalistic integrity and, and honesty, and, and he is bland sometimes. He's not trying to sex it up for clicks, right? We can all agree, which is why I'm looking at his tweets. 
Bakhtiari said the ailment in his knee had nothing to do with the ACL he tore in December of 2020. Said it was an issue with the femoral condyles. Of course, condyles. Why didn't I think of it? The condyles that provide cushion for his knee said they will be smoothed out and it's not an issue of him having no cartilage left in his knee. Every time he thought he was in a good place, the fluid and pain would come back. He expects to play next year, but said he doesn't know what the Packers plan to do. Said it would be addressed later. Surgery will be performed by Brian Cole in Chicago. Okay. So this is not related to his ACL. This is a different part of his knee, not the ligament, that is not bounced back, that is not healed, that is not perfectly in the right place, is not jiving, so he needs another surgery. Okay. Now, there could be a piece of this that I'm missing. And if I am missing a piece, I hope to get that missing piece from Mike Clemens, who was at this interview. He was at this, this press scrum today. He's going to be here in a little over an hour. Here's my issue, and this is what I tweeted. David Bakhtiari has played, what, 13 games now in the last three seasons, somewhere around there? It's not like every once in a while he's had to miss a game, right? Every once in a blue moon they, they load manage him. They don't play him, you know, two, three times a year. No, no, no. He has missed an insane amount of games for a player of his caliber and for the money that he has paid. No part of David Bakhtiari's knee, no part of of his availability, no part of this David Bakhtiari business, as Eric Anayani would say, has been normal the last three years. At no point... Past the one-year mark, when he tried to come back in 2021, he tried in in week 17 or week 18 in Detroit, and his knee swelled up to the size of a cantaloupe, and he wasn't available the next week in the playoffs against San Francisco, and that was a game that they lost. I don't hold that against Bakhtiari because, for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers and and company and Matt LaFleur, they just weren't about it. They, They did not show up to that game ready to play. I don't put that on Bakhtiari, okay? But no part of Bakhtiari, at the end of that season, was he, he, he wasn't able to come back, you know, December to December. That would have been the, the ballpark. He wasn't able to come back. And then the next year was fluky and, and up and down, and he had to miss games, and his knee was swelling up, and they were having to drain it. And then this year he's played, what, one out of four games so far? The Packers are two and two, three and two? We through five weeks, four weeks? It doesn't matter. No part of this has been normal. No, no part of this has been normal. No Packers officials and doctors should have been sitting around saying, well, it's just, you know, guys are on different timelines. You know, it's just taking Bakhtiari a little bit longer. You know, he'll get there. No. no, no part of this was normal. No part of this went the way that it was supposed to go or that knee injuries and knee surgeries typically go. So now on October 6th of 2023, when his last three seasons have been impacted by this, now we start critical thinking and we're like, maybe, you know what? Now, 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 now that we think about it, maybe some, maybe should we look, there might be an issue in there. Let's look. Oh my goodness. The, the, the little cartilage bubbles on the side. Look at that. There's an issue. Did, did we not look at any point the last couple of years? Do we not consider that maybe we, should we re-examine something there? Maybe, maybe something's not right. Well, what have we been doing the last couple of years? What have the Packers doctors been doing? Have the Packers have been sitting in the, the back room in the trade, playing pinochle, not paying attention to what the hell's been going on. I could have told you there was something wrong with his knee. I could have told you that something didn't heal correctly. I could have, I mean, been to a Packer game. The last Packer game I was at was, it was the Joe Philbin game in 2018, the challenge game. I've been nowhere near Green Bay the last couple of years. I could have told you something was up. Did, did no one, no one thought to look until now? 
So now he's going to have another surgery and he's going to miss this year? Last three or four years. And I believe him to be one of the best pass-blocking left tackles, one of the best left tackles, period, in the NFL. And now he's going to miss three-plus years? What were we waiting for? Well, what were we doing? I remember in fourth grade, I don't know why I remember this so well. It was Mrs. Lakatis's fourth grade class at St. Joseph's Elementary School. This this woman was, she, she you got to get it. At Catholic school, they keep you in line, right? They, they, they will, they addressed us very firmly, which is what I needed because I was a terrible kid. She was a very intense woman, but she was a great teacher. I remember a very positive experience in fourth grade. But I remember one day in, in class, this had to be within the first week of, of fourth grade. We got a worksheet, right? And, and we sat such a way in the room where I was like in the opposite corner of her desk. And she gave out this worksheet and she said, if you have any questions, raise your hand. I will come around. Okay. So I get the worksheet. I have a question. I put my hand up in the air, but so did a lot of other students. So the teacher had to weave up and down the rows. It probably took her, I don't know, 10 minutes. 10, 12 minutes to get to me. But here I, I patiently wait with my hand up in the air. And she gets all the way over. And it, uh, she's the la- I'm the last desk in the room. She must have answered a half dozen questions at least on the way to me. A lot of time has passed since this worksheet was handed out. And she said, go, do the worksheet. I've been sitting here with my hand up in the air. She gets all the way over to me. And I ask, I don't know why I remember this. I ask her, if we don't get this done uh, in class today, will this be homework? And she goes... She goes, Grant, what, what the hell have you been doing over here? You haven't even started the worksheet. And I was like, well, I wanted to know if it would be homework if we didn't get it done. And she's like, if you just would have started it 10 minutes ago, it would be done already. And she didn't raise her voice. I'm, but I, I don't know why. I remember this so well. And, and it reminds me of this situation. It's like, what have we been doing the last couple of years? Of course there's something wrong with his knee. It, it swells to the size of a melon after every game. Is that, that's not normal ACL stuff. I didn't go to medical school. I never even took an anatomy class. The only science class in college that I took was anthropology, which was mostly like the lab was, hey, come look, here's a monkey skeleton. Point to the arm. Yep, that's the arm. And that was, that's the extent of my science education. And I could tell you that something's up with his knee. Is there a reason that it took this long to really pop open the hood and... And, and see what's, what's going on in there? I, I saw a couple of tweets where it's like, well, they, they didn't know that this was the issue, or they couldn't prove that this was the issue, or they didn't want to think that this was the issue. And I, I get ignoring what you think might be a problem when life is good. Like, no one takes their car into the dealership when it's humming along nicely and everything sounds great. No one takes their car in. And it's like, yeah, I know it's not due for a couple thousand miles, but I just got a bad feeling something's up here. Can, can, you, can you tear it apart and charge me for a couple hours labor just to make sure? No, of course, of course not. But if the car is making a horrible squealing noise, I mean, I mean I'm going to procrastinate it a couple of months, but I'll, t- but I'll take it in. I'd be like, I think something's up in there. All right, yep, go under the hood, put it on the lift, charge me an arm and a leg. Because it's making a horrible noise. It's very obvious that something is not normal with this car. I can tell. Nothing was ever normal. You could not mistake David Bakhtiari the last couple of years for being on the correct path to recovery. I, I just, and, and we might get a very clear and obvious answer to this, this question and this discussion because Mike Clemens is going to be here. And again, I've been busy preparing the show. I didn't have time to watch all of David Bakhtiari's comments. But from what I saw and from all the comments from reporters and all the Q&As that I read, I, I, I'm just left wondering why we didn't do this sooner. It was very obvious that something didn't heal correctly in his knee. It was very obvious that something was wrong 
and now we've waited to the point where now he's going to miss another year, and we're not even sure if he's going to bounce back at the beginning of next year. At, at what age will he be next year? He's, he's not getting younger. Recovering from injuries does not get easier as you get older, especially for a body that big. I, I just want to know what the back... What, what were we doing? What? No part of this was normal. This did not go the way it was supposed to go. Like, no, no... No Packers official should be able to say, oh, there's there's an issue with his his something or others. I would have had no idea. Of course you did. He never plays, and when he does, his knee swells up, and you need to drain a bunch of fluid from it. It's just so bizarre. And it's not anyone's fault that his knee didn't heal correctly, and it's not David Bakhtiari's fault. And it's not, this is a tragic situation. But I feel like we could have addressed this sooner and saved everyone a lot of time And a lot of money, because there's a lot of money on the line. And all of this is happening. The Packers are pushing David Bakhtiari's money out into the future. Out into the future. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not Bakhtiari's fault. This is just a crummy situation. But but you can handle a crummy situation well. You can still make smart decisions, prompt decisions. And I feel like the Packers just sat around with their you-know-what in their hand. And after the last three years have been completely thrown out of whack. And a lot of money's been burned on a player who's not playing. They're like, uh, you know what? Maybe we should, let's let's look a little deeper into this. This doesn't seem right. Hello, of course it's not right. Could have told you that two years ago. I don't even have to look at him. I'm miles and miles and miles away. 608-321-1670. If you'd like to join the show, I don't want to dwell on this the whole time. What a what a crabby, c- complaining filled show that would be. I do want to talk about the Brewers. <laughs> not that that would that wouldn't be any better. I want to complain about the Brewers, too. A little bit about Thursday Night Football. The Bears got a big win. I think last night teaches us something about coaching. Uh, it's a lesson that every NFL coach could learn from last night's Bears win over the Commanders. And if we have time tonight, I actually want to talk a little bit about the Bucks because Dame and Giannis have both made comments within the last week that I've loved. It makes me feel great about the chances that Giannis and Dame are really going to mesh together and really get the most out of each other. That's all coming up. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you being here. Happy Friday. Glad you're never missing a Friday show. We never miss a Friday show. Mike Clemens in about an hour. I got a Bucks thing that I'd like to talk about tonight. A couple quotes from Dame and from Giannis. I want to talk about the Brewers at some point. Packers, Matt LaFleur. I think Thursday night football last night gave us a lesson that we can apply to Matt LaFleur. And I honestly think every NFL head coach could learn a lesson about what happened last night between the Bears and the Commanders. We have a lot to talk about. I started the show by talking about David Bakhtiari. We don't need to dwell on that the whole show. Aaron tweeted back at me. And again, I did not see the whole interview. I, so I'm firing from the hip a little bit here which maybe speaks to a problem in sports radio where we get angry and we rant and you know, we yell about things that we don't really fully understand, but hey, it's fine. Aaron, Aaron said, he said they suspected it, but they couldn't prove it, and doing the surgery if it wasn't the problem would be a bigger issue. Okay, I get that, but what are we risking? <laughs> but what are we risking? Like he's already not playing. Something is obviously already very, very wrong. So if David Bakhtiari's career career goal was to limp to the finish line at the end of this year and play like 10 of 17 games and and then retire, okay, I could get why you wouldn't want to have the surgery just to see what the issue was. But man, you're already not playing games. You're already not right. 
Like, do we want to figure out what's wrong? Do we want to address it? Why did it take this long? Why did it take us years? This was obviously not a normal recovery. There were obviously other issues. So we just sat around the last couple of years. Oh, he's, he's fine. The knee is supposed to swell up to the size of a spare tire. Yeah, that's I read about that in med school one time. No, it's not. That's not normal. We got four callers to get to. So we're going to move pretty expeditiously. I want to make sure all of you guys have a chance to get on. Let's start with Denny and Holman, 608-321-1670. What's going on, Denny? Hey, how's it going today, young man? It's going great. It's Friday. We get Mike Clemens on a Friday. Normally, Mike's Tuesday, Thursday. So to wrap up the week with Mike, I'm I'm tickled. I would be, too. Hey, your rant is just as good as Bill Michaels. <laughs> Bill, when he's upset, just like you, they, he lets it all out. He, he doesn't really care. He doesn't really watch... You know, he watches some words, but, I mean, when he's pissed, he's pissed, you know. He um, lets it fly. I love that about Bill. Yep. But what I wanted to say about is, is okay, when Bakhtiari was looking for a new contract, he wanted to be the highest-paid lineman in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big thing. I remember. He wanted, yep. wanted four years. He wanted all that money. He wanted to be a number one, okay, and everything. So the Packers dished it out, and then he got hurt in practice. And after he got hurt in practice, then they said, well, I'll just, you know, the knee and stuff, and we'll just take care of it in the offseason, and it'll be available next year, right? Yeah. Well, then this golden two years then, you know, I see him chugging beer at Bucks games and doing all his <laughs> other bullshit. Hey, and I'm like, don't say, you can't I, say that word. Okay, but I'm, but I'm saying, well, you know what? <laughs> it's like, David, what are you doing? You know, you can't play. You know, and you're out in public now, and you're doing everything else. Why are you doing this? You know, I mean, it's just getting adding the the fuel to the fire to the fans. You know, and yeah, I agree with you today. It's like you know, his his knee could have been as big as a tire, and it's like you know, Lafleur they just cover it up. You know, and it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, here we paid that guy how much money, and he's still getting his paycheck yet, and he's not playing a down. Yeah. How many how many games has he played in the last three years since he signed that big I, contract? I, how many games? Has I he think played? it's like thirteen or fourteen. I could be wrong, but it's somewhere in in that neighborhood. Right, out of like forty eight, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. not a lot. I mean, I'm just like you. I I I'm burned up about it too. I mean, it it stinks, and Denny, I appreciate you. Uh, Let's not, with the swear words next time, but I appreciate the passion. You know, I appreciate you and your calls. Um, Situations like this are are tough for sports fans because we're all so angry because it sucks and it's frustrating. The problem is it's not really anyone's fault, so we don't have anyone to blame. Like, we love in sports when we can stick it on someone. That's why we're all mad at Jesse Winker (laughs) the last two nights. It wasn't his fault. I mean, come on. He had two pinch hits, at, pinch hit at bats in two games that the Brewers showed that they were not equipped to compete in. But it's like, well, screw Jesse Winker. Let's blame him, and and that helps us sleep at night. So this situation is very frustrating because there's not really anyone to blame. I mean, unless you want to say that the original surgeon messed up his knee, but I'm not a doctor. I would not know if if the, the surgery was messed up or if that had anything to do with it. Some people's bodies just react to different things differently. My frustration is not really with Bakhtiari. It's a little bit with the Packers and that he's been having issues for three years now and you never once thought that I think there might be something going on here. Let's look into it. You're like driving a car around that's smoking all the time. There's smoke billowing out from under the hood. It's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's supposed to do that. 
It's it's in the de- the owner's manual right here. It's in the design. It's a unique Ford added it in their 2023 line. It's it's a new feature. No, it's not. Like the knee is not supposed to behave this way. Something was wrong, and we waited so long to figure it out and address it. Wasted a lot of time, and it cost a lot of money that was spent on a player that was rehabbing and sitting on the sidelines. And for what? He's got to have another surgery. Let's talk to Darnell the Chump, Daniel and Madison, 608-321-1670. What's up, Darnell? Hey, Grant. Um, I don't mean to change uh, the tune here a little Please bit. Please do. Go ahead. But um, have we talked at all about the Badger football team, like, in three weeks? Uh. No, not not really. I mean, not really. The, the, the the difficult thing was the Purdue game was on a Friday night, right? So the Badger the Badgers always get overtaken by the Packers who play on Sunday. The last time they played was on a Friday, so it felt like when we first got together on the radio on Monday, that felt like old news, old old news, you know? Yeah, and now this week, nobody's really talked about it, but I'm incredibly excited. Yeah. For 2024 and 2025, the schedules just got released for Big Ten. Um, and the the Badgers are going to play Ohio State, Oregon, USC. They're playing Washington at home. They have a home-and-home home with Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize how, like, like if this experiment works like we could be talking about s tier badger football here and i'm on i'm on board for it i I, i'm i'm more excited even with the early season struggles here from the badgers i'm more excited for the next couple years of badger football than i've been in so long Well, there's going to be a lot less crummy games there's not going to be as many you know wisconsin crummy Maryland on a Saturday morning or, or, or a big 10 team playing a non-conference team that no one's ever heard of. There's just going to be a lot less wasted games, a lot more big brands. It just, it, it feels good. It feels like, like this is how college football really should be, you know, like, like no, no weeks off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I need to watch this Badger game. I need, I know it's Saturday and we might have plans. It's fall. Maybe we're going to do something nice. No, the, the Badgers are in Oregon or they're hosting USC. Like I need to see that. Also, I really need to see like USC coming to Camp Randall in November. Like yeah. that would just, yes, that would blow my mind right there. Kinnick uh, in November at night. Jeez. <laughs> Just aesthetically, just just like how it would look on our TVs, because these teams occasionally play each other in bowl games, but it's always in warm weather climates or it's always in a dome. We are going to get USC, Oregon, or you mentioned Alabama in the setting of a Big Ten stadium. It's going to look cool. It's going to be a combination that we don't often get. I was I was just thinking, like, can you I'm going back to like my college days. If I could have gone to a Halloween game against like UCLA at Camp Randall on Halloween weekend, I, I don't, I don't even know if I could have imagined that. Like going back five years, you know. Oh, so you were Pretty a student. Crazy. You're you're an alumni of UW. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. I like to know a thing or two about my callers, just a little bit. That, that's a good piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I, and I don't know, like, does the student body, is, does that make a big difference? I know when Ohio State's in town, for example, yeah, that, that's a that's a big ticket. But hosting Michigan at 11 a.m. versus 
hosting Purdue. Did that make a massive difference for the for the general student population? Darnell, you're obviously a big sports fan, but for the general student population, is this really going to affect things that much? You think? I not for the average sports goer. Um, the majority of the student section is made up of freshmen, 18 and 19 year olds that are just going to their first college football game. They're vibing, which is why they don't show up early and they don't stay late. Right. Um, so it won't really affect the average people, but you know, the, the diehard Badger fans, uh, this is going to be huge because every single game or at least the majority of the game are going to be big ticket items where you go to this game and you're like, you're, you're expecting something good on the field, right? Or at least, or sign- something significant. Like, we're watching players and teams that will be factors in the college football playoff or players that will one day be going to the NFL or they'll be featured in mock drafts. So, I agree. Darnell, I, I got to get to Tony and Mike before we take this last break. I promise that in the weeks to come, now that the Brewers are dead, we'll ramp up some college football talk just for you. Good stuff. Yeah, have a good one. Have a good weekend. Bye. Darnell in Madison. He's the chump. Darnell the Chump. Let's talk to Tony in Texas. Then we'll get to Clemhead Mike and take a break. And then we'll shut the phone down for just a little bit. I got some things that I want to say about Thursday Night Football. Tony in Texas. How are you this evening? Welcome. Grant. Well, better than you. I hope you've been saving your money. Denny there might have uh, caused you a little SEC fine. What are you talking about? I didn't hear anything. I, uh, I, I, I couldn't know what you possibly are talking about. Grant, I got a question for you. Okay. If you, if you ran into uh, David Bakhtiari in an elevator, what would you say to that man? You know what I would say? I'd say, you know what, man? Well, first of all, does he seem in a mood to talk? I was once in an elevator with James Jones, and I didn't say anything. And it was just me and a buddy and him. It would have been easily, and I didn't say anything. I don't like bothering people in in settings like that. But if it seemed like an an opportunity to say something, if he, you know, was willing to talk for a minute, I'd probably say, like, dude, I'm sorry about the last couple of years. That sucks. Just know that, you know, we, we don't, well... We don't hold it against you. I'm not going to patronize him. He's a professional athlete. But, I mean, what would you say to David Bakhtiari? What is there to say? I would say, hey, man, Buffaloes are looking pretty good. Colorado's looking good. How's it going with Dion? Go Buffs. Yeah, good yeah. one. I like that. Hey, I'm good on the, I'm good on the fly like that, Grant. Well, you're, yeah, you're pretty witty. I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't say much at all. I, You know, there are Packers fans that are upset at Bakhtiari. And, you know, he's hey, making all this money yeah, not let's, playing. Let's ride that. Give me your top three most hated Packers ever. I know Brad, everyone hates Brad and Bostick, but he, you know, he wasn't really hated while he was playing. Uh, I, I, I mean, I gotta go Marty. I gotta go Marty B though. Number one, he's so insignificant. I don't care. I forget he was no. ever even here. Kevin King, Kevin King for sure. Um, uh, Dean Lowry, Bostick. I don't know Dean Lowry again. It's not his fault. He's just he's just being Dean Lowry. It's like it's not Jesse Winker's fault that he ended up in the the batter's box, you know. Greg Jennings the last year. Uh, I don't know. Most hated Packers. You just can't hate the green and gold guy. It's you? tough. It's tough because I I hate what happened with Kevin King on the field in 2020. But I I don't. That doesn't mean he's personally a bad guy, Tony. Come on, I'm an but adult yeah, here. I can separate art from artist. You will bash Jesse Winker, but you won't bash a Packer. Interesting. I didn't really. Did I bash Jesse Winker? I don't. Interesting. I, tongue in cheek, yeah, but I don't know. It's not his fault. Council ran him out there. So Grant, it's uh, Friday night. I'm heading to Vegas tomorrow. What do you, what do you got planned this weekend? You and your fiance getting out, or I'm what's going, the deal? Uh, actually, I'm going to a drive-in movie this weekend. I've never done that before, so that's something that's oh, on the docket. Oh. 
probably going to watch. She's a Vikings fan, so probably watch her Vikings on Sunday. Uh, hey, if someone wants to get some cinnamon rolls in Milwaukee on Sunday before watching football, where would one go, Tony? What would you recommend? <laughs> in Milwaukee? You know what? I love Greeby's Bakery on Lincoln. Okay. It's like 57th in Lincoln. It's in West Dallas. It's on the border of West Dallas and Milwaukee. I love Greeby's Bakery, and I know Alex Greeby is a big listener and fan of yours. Oh, that Greeby. I Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, say less. Then that's where I'm going, so I'll, I'll tell you that. I'm going to Stalis on Sunday morning before the game start, and then Taylor Swift, according to sources close to the situation in the Twin Cities, a friend of a friend of a friend, uh, there is a suite rented out for Taylor and a bunch of celebrities, so they will be at the Vikings game. Oh, fun, fun. Well, I will be at the Packer game. I am not going to razz Devontae. I've come to that conclusion okay. because Devontae might be a Packer again. And I, I know you're up against it, but we will have boots on the ground Monday, so I'll oh, give boy. you a full report what's going on. Hey, give me that. Give me some press credentials with Mike Clemens. Me and Mike can go down there and talk and give you updates. Dude, Mike, tweet at him or something. He would love to meet. Mike's always uh, bumping up with fans because he's always doing research. He wants to get a feel for what the fans think. So send him a DM or send him a tweet. He'll meet up with you somewhere on the stadium, I bet. And uh, Clemhead, Mike, I know you're right behind me. I'm not going to disappoint you in Vegas, buddy. <laughs> Get out there, All win right. some money. We'll talk on Monday or, or whenever, Tony. All Appreciate right. it. Go Pack Go. See you later. Go Pack Go. Clemhead, Mike, mentioned him by name. He is here. Let me bring him in. 608-321-1670. What's up, Mike? Hey, Grant. Uh, thanks for the shout-out there, Tony in Texas. Um, yeah, i got to give us the point spread on Monday. Um, I'm kidding. I almost want to talk about David Bakhtiari for a second. You know, so many people, especially on Bill's uh, live stream, they were just hating David Bakhtiari. You know, Pro Football Focus had him as the number one left tackle in football a couple of years ago, and he didn't ask for that knee injury. You know, he's he's going to you know he's going to be in pain the rest of his life. I mean, I know what it's like. I I serviced copiers for forty years. I I was kneeling on the floor for forty years. I've had a, a torn meniscus, and I got bone spurs on my on my uh, I don't know if it's a tibia or whatever. I got um, thin cartilage and some days when I go down the stairs I have to hang on to the rail and lift my left leg up in the air and go down the stairs so I know it's like I'll live with that the rest of my life because of my job so he's he's going to be one of those people you see in those NFL you know when they look back on players that played and the pain they're living in the rest of life he's going to be like that and it's you know, it's not his fault. None of that was his fault. But, oh, my God, people are screaming, why did he take that money? Why did he take that money? Well, if you were the best left tackle in football, you would have asked for that money, too. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's what he said at the time. Is he, he said, if you were the best in the world at the thing that you do, why would you accept any less? And I remember at the time, I was like, man, I can't really argue with that. But that's been the case with other offensive linemen. The Packers just don't give out third deals. They don't give out that third contract as players age. And they're definitely never going to do it again after doing it with Bakhtiari. No, I think they should make Bakhtiari a coach because he was so good at what he did. I mean, yeah, they can always use a left tackle coach. I mean, there's so many specialized coaches in football now. You might as well. But, um, yeah, he's a uh, I, – I, if he could have played, he would. You know that. And yeah. uh, it just makes me mad that the guy's going to be – he'll probably be in pain the rest of his life like I am. And and he didn't ask for it. He didn't want it. And, um, and right now, if he could play, he'd be out there. I know he would. So – I want people just to get off his back, get off his back. And was that Danny that dropped the swear word? You know, uh, Tom Bernard used a lot worse language than that on the radio, but that might be because it was entered. It was uh, 
rock radio and not sports talk. Yeah, why does rock radio get away with everything? That makes that's oh, never made any God. sense to me. Is it because it's hardcore music that you can use worse yeah. language? I, I don't understand radio law. He was dropping words on the radio before it ever became popular, back in the 80s even. So, well, maybe he just paid the fines and said it's worth it. I don't know. Well, that, that but, fit uh, his whole shtick. You know, he complained about those yeah. damned liberals, you know, and, 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 it, and it played well. It worked. But I, I don't get yeah. that about rock radio. That's always been a thing. Yeah, Howard Stern was doing it, but he always he always claimed that Tom Bernard was copying him. No, Bernard was doing it years before Stern. So, But, um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I felt I, I'm, I'm still a little – I wasn't able to talk to you yesterday. I feel a little – I'm still feeling a little bit of a, a sadness hangover from the Brewers thing, but um, – yeah, I, uh, I can. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to survive. I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let the failures of the Brewers and the Packers bring me down. No, um, you can't. I'm going to see the grandbabies on Sunday, so that'll bring me back up. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. So you're I seeing the grandbabies. Good. Tony's going to Texas. I'm going to a drive-in movie. We all have outstanding weekends planned. It sounds like. Oh, I, I used to love going to grand. I used to love going to drive-in movies when, um, when I was a teenager. My friends and I, we'd go in the drive-in and we'd. Sneak, sneak in, you know, beer, of course, the trunk. Or I, I tell you how old I am. I went, I saw the African Queen at the drive-in movie. My uncle and my my brother and my cousins, <laughs> African Queen. Oh my God, you know that's so old. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're just wise. You've seen a lot, Mike. I do have to run. You have a great weekend. Yep. Have fun with the grandbabies. Have a great weekend. And you're right. Don't let the yeah. Brewers loss get you down. Right. Thank you, Grant. You too. Yeah. Have a good Talk one. To you later. Enjoy that beautiful fall foliage up there in the beautiful Chippewa Valley. Let's take a five-minute break. The drive-in movie, thinking about Mike and Chippewa Falls, is there a music video? There's a very specific music video that comes to mind where at the at the beginning, before the music starts, they're, they're going into the drive-in movie and they stop and they hide friends in the trunk to save money. Do you guys know what music? It's a classic rock music video. And then they, they slam the trunk down and then they all get in the car and then they start driving and that's when the music starts. What what it's a music video, right? I'm not the only one. Tweet it at me at Wisco Grant. This is gonna bother me. Five minutes, we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I want to talk a little bit about Thursday night football. Still time tonight if we want to talk about the Brewers. I have some things I want to say about the Bucks. We could save the Bucks for next week because I don't think anything's going to change. Giannis made a comment on Sirius XM Radio this morning, and Dame made a comment last week, media day. And I circled both comments and connected them. I said, these are, these are cut from the same cloth, this way of thinking. What Giannis said, what Dame said, these are connected, and they're both massive green flags for the relationship of these two players on and, and off the court, right? Getting the most out of each other. And we can do that next week. I don't think that story is is going anywhere. Uh, someone did tweet, that is the right song, that is the music video I was thinking of, because I looked it up over the break. I was like 70% sure before we took that last break that the song was And We Danced by the Hooters, Nervous Night, great album. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not 100% sure, and I want to see if anyone else will tweet it. And Justin did. Oh, boy, Justin, thank you for the tweet. Such a good song. And that song, it, 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 that song 
is two things. On one hand, it sounds like every other song that was put out during that time, but on the other hand, it's better and sounds different. I think there's a mandolin in there. There's a melodica in there. It's a bitchin' song. A very good album. Thank you for the tweet, Justin. That made my night. Thursday night football last night. The Bears got off to a fast start. Didn't slow down. They played only through DJ Moore. Justin Fields, when throwing to DJ Moore, was awesome. Throwing elsewhere, not so much. In fact, and I'm not 100% sure, and I'm going to look it up, I don't think Justin Fields had a completion to another wide receiver last night, did he? I could be wrong. I don't know what you're all thinking. You're all thinking, Grant, these are the things you do before the show started. These are the numbers you look up before 4 p.m. I know, okay? I, I get it. Uh, Cole Komet did have a couple. Oh, now I remember. That's it. DJ Moore is the only wide receiver that caught a pass. So DJ Moore had eight catches for 230 yards. Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon both had catches, but that was it. So two tight ends and one wide receiver. He was the only wide receiver who had any action last night. In fact, they're... Weren't exactly a lot of targets going elsewhere. Khalil Herbert had three targets, but he's a running back. Darnell Mooney had four targets, didn't get any of them, which isn't totally Darnell Mooney's fault. He was open in the first quarter and Fields missed him. And then uh, EQ, old friend Equinemius St. Brown had a target uh, and did not catch it. I didn't see that one last night. Last night to me, two very important lessons to be pulled from this game. Both lessons we can apply to our Packers and to our coach, Matt LaFleur. The first lesson, you gotta start not not fast, right? You're not going to start every game fast. You're not going to jump out to a lead at the beginning of every game. You're not going to be playing your A-plus ball right at kickoff at every game. It would be unrealistic to expect our team to be red hot and perfect right out of the gate every week. But you can't be a mess, right? You can't be completely unready to play. You can't be ice cold. You can afford to be lukewarm. You can afford to be average, but you can't afford to be ice cold. You can't afford to to not have anything go right. And we saw that with the Packers and the Lions on Thursday night football. And we saw last night. The Commanders are not a team that is 20 points worse than the Bears. I think they're nifty. They're frisky. And Sam Howell has, I think, some real material flaws in the way that he plays the game. But he's got a lot of talent. I would probably start by not having him throw the ball 51 times. That's probably... I'd, 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 I'd probably I'd probably draw the line there against the Bears defensive front that really can't stop the run. They really can't rush the passer either, although you'd never know it last night because I think, what did Sam Howell take? How many sacks last night? The commanders are not 20 points worse than the Bears, but the commander's secondary was so unorganized and so out of place at the beginning of the game that Justin Fields and DJ Moore got some mojo. They got some confidence. They started feeling it. And even as Washington, I think, righted the ship towards the end of the first half and into the second half, it was too late. Because even though the commanders started playing a lot better, the confidence that the Chicago Bears had been given right out of the gate, they couldn't slow it down. They couldn't stop that momentum that the Bears had gained. It's a lot like in basketball when Coach Bud would run a system in the first quarter that would allow a bunch of open threes, and they'd all go in. And then he would make an adjustment. But after you make the adjustment, well, the other team's feeling it already. They're hot. So even if you start playing defense now, it might not matter because they're feeling it after all the open looks, the good looks that they got in the first quarter. Very similar principle. So last night is a great lesson on you don't have to start red hot, but you can't start ice cold because if you start ice cold, you're basically putting yourself behind the eight ball for the rest of the game. We saw that with the commanders last night. We saw it with the Packers uh, and the Lions in Sunday night football. Another thing, or Thursday night football, another thing, And this is true of every coach in the NFL. Why do coaches only feel that they're doing their job if they're 
not using one of their best players. I think our friend from The Ringer, Danny Heifetz, first brought this up on his podcast. This had to be years ago now, and it stuck with me. Maybe it was someone else. But, you know, fantasy football managers don't feel like they're managing if they're not benching one of their good players for some reason, if they're not thinking outside of the box and trying to do things. And I think NFL head coaches feel as though they're not coaching unless they're not getting the ball to one of their good players. Unless they, You know what I mean? And it's like last night the Chicago coaches realized, hey, let's just have Justin Fields do the things that he's good at, and maybe let's throw the ball at DJ Moore, who I don't think is Devontae Adams. He's not Tyreek Hill, but he's by far their best wide receiver. Throw him the ball. <laughs> and I'm listening to the announcers last night. Luke Getze highlighting this player, highlighting the skill of this player. Did we just wait? Until week five for fun, or what What? What were we doing? What What were we doing the first month of the season? And Matt LaFleur, dude, Aaron Jones is really good. You know, give him the ball. <laughs> we don't, well, well we're going to surprise the opponent by starting with A.J. Dillon and then doing that. Hey, Matt, over here, who are your good players? Okay, get them the ball. That's 80% of your job. Now go deal with the other 20%, but good players, get them the ball. Good players, play them. Good players, build your offense, build your scheme around them. There you go. That's coaching. And I don't know why coaches feel as though they're not doing their job unless they're like strategically running an end around on one of their best players. It's very confusing. The Bears finally figured it out in week five. I don't know why they waited so long, but then again, it's the Bears. Who knows why they do anything? I mean, all coaches are guilty of this. Matt LaFleur is guilty of this. Totally. Vikings are guilty of this. They'll go a quarter or two without targeting Justin Jefferson. What are you doing? It's your best player. Three minutes. Come back. We'll wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. This is this is like one of the greatest songs. I swear. Thank you for calling this on Twitter, Justin. This is. I, I don't know what it was like to grow up in the '80s, but I would like to think that it's this song. Like they just bottled it up in this song. Uh, no more talk about the '80s. I do want to talk more about the Packers. Maybe a little bit about the Brewers. We should probably address the week that we've had as Brewers fans. That's coming up next. Mike Clemens at five thirty. Final hour of the Wisco Sports Show. Coming up next, stick around. This was a great team. And I, and I think I told the guys, I said, you know, as you move forward in your careers, you should use your leadership to create an atmosphere like this. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So I know a lot of older music, not as much as some, but I, you know, I dabble in music of all decades. 1985 was just the year. Huh. I'm, I'm going to be listening to the song by the Hooters all weekend. And I'm like, you know, this reminds me a lot of the outfield. What, what year is their big album from? Also from 1985. Very similar. So I had to look up 1985. Songs from the Big Chair, Brothers in Arms. These are albums like I didn't grow up in the 80s, but I would like to think that if I did, it's like the, my childhood would be these songs. Scarecrow by John Mellencamp. 
I love looking at lists and charts and the top 40 from this year and that year. Damn, 85. Okay. Okay. See you, 1985. I'm trying to think. Growing up in the early 2000s, what did my childhood sound like? Uh, Kenny Chesney, mostly. (laughs) Mostly uh, Kenny Chesney. Basically, I grew up in an era where Jimmy Buffett would just hop on country songs and make mega hits. Uh, I guess like Daniel Powder and The Fray. Like, I remember that neighborhood of music. I was never the emo guy. I never, never Blink-182, never that neighborhood of music, never that world. It was never my thing. I was never into that. It was never played in my house. We were, we were a God-fearing house. We listened to country music. We didn't listen to that smut on Top 40 radio. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Why did, oh, because drive Through Movies came up. That's how we went down the... 1985 rabbit hole and when i say we it's i'm the host i'm if we go down a rabbit hole it's my fault so i'm not placing blame on you you can give me a tweet at wisco grant and you can call the show if you'd like 608-321-1670 mike clemens is going to be here in about an hour i have some things to say about the brewers but if everybody wants to keep talking about the packers who am i to deny the people what they want i just thought thursday night football last night was a really good lesson right the coach's job is to highlight the best players on the team, to build a scheme that that uplifts the best players on the team, that plays through the best players on the team. And all too often, and we see this in fantasy football too, well, as a coach or as a fantasy football manager, I'm not doing my job if I'm not thinking critically and finding a way to put one of my best players on the sideline. If I'm not finding a way to, to take this guy who no one expects, to take this guy who's not any good and put him in a role. Like Craig Council didn't feel like he was doing his job as manager. Well, I, I got to do something uh, I am the smart manager. I'm supposed to know things that other people don't know, so I'm going to run Jesse Winker out there. No one will get it, but trust me, it's the right thing to do. And that's a little different because I don't know that Craig Council had any great options. He used one of his options that wasn't ideal. Bryce Terang was also not ideal. Rowdy Telez was definitely also not ideal, despite what a lot of Brewers fans are saying the last couple of days. But coaches, it's it's like DJ Moore's your best receiver. Use him. Okay, there you, yeah, there we go. We're five weeks in, and we finally we finally figured it out. Aaron Jones is really good. Let's give him the ball. Yeah, he's not going to get 30 carries, but maybe let's not wait until the third quarter to get him the ball. That Lions game made no sense. Aaron Jones was in early, didn't touch the ball. Then A.J. Dillon took over for a while until the game was out of hand, and then in the third quarter, down 24 points, it's like, all right, where's our aging Aaron Jones uh, running back with a bad hammy? Get him in there. Run him out there. What? Last night was a good lesson for a lot of coaches. The job is to use your best players, not find ways to not use your best players. And way too many coaches make that mistake all too often. 608-321-1670. We got two callers on hold. I'll go to you guys, and then I want to talk about the Brewers a little bit. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90. Now, here's a man that remembers the 80s, I would imagine. Yes. Yes, yes I do. I knew Glorious it. Glorious times. Was it really? Glorious 1985 times. had to just be it, huh? Yeah, we had a great time in 1985. It was, you know, it's, uh, it's, I remember years ago, I, I worked second shift in a manufacturing facility, and the Brewers were doing really well. I don't know, did they get into the series in the 80s? They did in 82. Uh, we like to talk about it. Maybe you've heard Brewers fans discuss the 82 team before. They must have got into the finals, <laughs> though, later in the 80s. They might have, yeah. You know, I can remember being on second shift and everybody's radio was tuned into the Brewers, you know. Um, 
Everybody, every radio was. And it was like, yeah, Bruce, when and I were going to go out drinking. You know what? But we were going out drinking anyways. Second shift is hot, you know? second shift is eleven oh. to seven. Uh, not three to three to eleven. Three to eleven. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not a manual yeah. laborer. Uh, I don't pretend to be. Uh, yeah. Sometimes those shifts are lost on me. Yeah. Right. 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 So those were some fun times back then. You know, at this Brewers loss, that was a that was a rough one. Um, I did watch the game and. I don't know how you do it, Grant. I don't know how you watch this all year because it's listen. You were Brewers fans. Yep. We're we're a victim of the randomness. Yeah. You're a victim of the randomness of the game. A little bit. It was like right in the eighth inning, you got the bases loaded. There's no way that pitcher gets out of that without a run getting scored, and they managed to do it. And you know, we were beating the odds on all those previous batters. We had three guys on, and then we just couldn't get the odds to play out on that last batter. You know? Yeah. He's just, he just, you know, he's going to strike out. He's going to strike out seven out of the ten times he bats. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think the Brewers were victims of bad luck. To a degree, I also think the Brewers are a team constructed in such a way where they're more likely to be victimized by that luck because they don't hit any home runs. There's nothing lucky about a home run, Eric. You know what I mean? Like, oh. if you hit a home run, you're not going to get unlucky and, and have it find someone's glove. It, it can. It's a home run. And the Brewers don't hit home runs. They don't really hit doubles either. So if you're a type of team that needs to hit the ball on the ground and cross your fingers that it gets through the infield, you're a team that's more likely to be victimized by that bad luck. So, yes, the Brewers were unlucky, but they also kind of do it to themselves. I'm going to make the argument that if a batter is up, what, what's, what's your average good Brewer batter's average this year? What's, what's the average? What's a... What do you consider a good Well, for this average? Brewers lineup, uh, like yeah. 260, 270. Ooh, 270, so 2.7 times. I'm going to make the argument that 1.3 of them was luck to begin with when you see that ball come over the plate. Sure. And, right? And another thing, too, is that I'm kind of taking a little bit of interest in these last two games, and I'm talking to guys at work who are interested in it, and you obviously know a lot about it. There is so much that's going on out there within the game. It's the thinking man's game. But it looks like nothing's going on. Yeah. 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 Well, and when you strike out a lot, there's not much going on. Yeah. And this year was better than most, Eric. There were a lot more hits. There were a lot more singles and doubles this year because last few years, we have this three true outcomes thing. You got to walk, a strikeout, or a home run. And it seemed like so many at-bats fell into one of those categories. And that's not entertaining, you know, because you don't have a runner rounding second going for third. You don't have an outfielder running down a ball to try to throw it back in. And that's great, but you do occasionally need freebies. You need easy ones. You need home runs. Right. So it was a, it was a bad week for, uh, you know, bad week. It just was. You have good weeks and you have bad weeks, right? It's the way she goes. Uh, Eric, before you disappear uh, and before we're done chatting here, your Vikings play on Saturday. They host the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I I have it on good authority from a a friend who lives in the Twin Cities, and this might be public knowledge, but it seems like Taylor Swift is going to be at the game. Does that impact you? What does that mean? Taylor Swift at U.S. Bank Stadium today. What does that mean for Eric on I-90? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing. We went over this this morning. I got a... Between now and Sunday afternoon, 
around 2 o'clock, I got to convince myself that the Vikings defensive players are actually good and they're just not quite getting the scheme yet. I've got to convince myself of that. All right? Okay. Another thing I have to convince myself of is that the offensive line is getting better. Now, if I can convince myself that that is true, and if I, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, so I can be convinced of just about anything. That's what we do right? for hours, because we have right? to. We have to sit here and talk right? for hours on end. We need to convince ourselves for of things. Hours. Yep. For hours. What I should do is I should record myself, say it, because once I've said it, or I should write it down and say I read it, because I can say I read it, that means it's true. Right? That's what I got to do to go into this game and feel like we have a chance. And you just don't know. You just don't know. The Kansas City Chiefs could have a game like the Washington Commanders did last night. Of course. But I I do believe that that game last night was clearly an emotional letdown from the Washington Commanders playing Philadelphia conference game Mm -hmm. on Sunday, knocked out, drag out, took everything out of them, and they had to come back, turn around on Thursday night, they were at home, but let's face it, their home sucks. You know, there's nothing good about True. It's a lot of transplants. Right? It's a lot of politicians. No one's from D.C. Right. So, Eric, so, are, are you making the case now, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, are you making the case that Kansas City just played a similar game, a knockdown, drag him out down to the wire game against the Jets? Now, on a shortish week, because that was a Sunday night game, are you trying to make the case that the Vikings are in a position to capitalize on, on a similar situation as, as the one we saw last night? You've just pointed out our only hope. That really is. It's a You've good hope. Pointed out I like it. Our only hope. But you just don't know, and that's why we're going to watch. And uh, you just don't know. I think they can do it. I think they can do it. I think they can, but, too. You know, they, can't be, they can't fumble it away. They don't fumble it away. They got a chance. That's they really true. Do, so. That's true. Have a great weekend, yeah, Eric. I appreciate you. It's nice to hear from you. Talking to you too. Hey, and I ain't gonna call your buddy Bert Winkler anymore. Why? I ain't gonna call him. You know, I'll. Uh, you know, it's really tough to talk to him because you like you'll say like one word and he'll just go, "Thanks for the call, Eric." And then, <laughs> and then he cuts you off. Uh, well, you know, there are some people, Eric. Not all, but there are some people listening that probably wish I took a similar approach to that one with callers. But I, I kind of like the system we've we've set up over the last couple of days. Like, Eric, I haven't talked to you in a while. You guys, you, you got to bear with me and give me some sympathy here, and, and you got to understand where I'm coming from. I watch the phone lines the whole show. It, there's very often five or six people calling it at once. Do you know how hard I would have to try and how fast I would have to move and and how like surface level the show would be if I got to every single person who wanted to call in every I, I couldn't do it so if there's any and, and Pete Monona our affirmative action Pete who we talked to yesterday said a couple weeks ago that I that I play favorites that I can't get to ever I can't get to everyone we get so many calls on this show if I got to everyone the 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 4 p.m to 6 p.m it would only be calls and everyone would get to say about 10 seconds 12 seconds worth of things and that would be it so I kind of like the system that we got like we heard from Pete yesterday we hadn't heard from Pete in a while so we, we got to take a little time. I wanted to make sure Pete had a chance to say his thing. And then today, Eric, with you, it's been a while since we've heard from you. So I, I do like that system. I don't like running people off the air. But some days, like Monday after a Packer game or day after a big Brewers loss, sometimes I, I, I got to do that. I don't like to do it. 
but sometimes I have to. Uh, we can talk more about the Brewers here in just a second, and right before we are joined by Mike Clemens at 5.30, but we have one more caller I want to get to, and then we'll talk Brewers. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? What is going on, Grant? Are you back from Hotlanta, Vagabond John? Oh, yeah. Sitting in my guitar, or sitting in my garage, jamming some guitar, listening to the old Wisco Sports Show. God, what could be better on a Friday afternoon? That's a hell of an evening. I think the Phillies are going to beat the Braves. Did you get a sense of that when you were in town? I think the Phillies are coming. I could care less about that. <laughs> I forgot who I'm talking to. Yeah, you're right. Of Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick, I know I've called in a couple times this week, so I'll try to keep it short. But um, one thing I do like to do is I like to have a take. And I like to stay very consistent with the take True. over a long period of time. And when I find my moments for victory lap, I like to take it because I think that's the fun of sports talk radio. Everybody, we all get on here, yell at each other sometimes, listener and listener, violence. Ah, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, all summer long, I said, you know, you can have a car that's smoking. And I tell you what, if you just keep it in your garage or if you just use it to go around town and if they're thinking, ah, I got to go to Minneapolis for a concert. Well, I don't want to take that car because that could really cause some problems on the trip. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep that for my just around town car, just when we need it, right? We know it gets smoking hot sometimes, so there's probably some really bad issues in there. But if we just close our eyes and only use it to go around town, then we don't have to bring it in, and maybe the problem will just go away eventually. That's what they did with David Bakhtiari. All the callers, all. Oh, this Hall of Famer, he doesn't need to practice. He doesn't need to do the regular schedule of all the other players. Bull crap, guys. I mean, granted, I came, I come from a kinesiology background. I do have a little bit of a background in this stuff. I myself have gone through three ACL pairs. And the thing that they tell you is as soon as you're cleared, you got to treat it as normal. Because as soon as you start to baby it, favor it, do it, do it differently than you would have previously, you're putting yourself not only at risk of re-injury, but all these other weird injuries that can happen because you're doing weird stuff with your knee. And now, all of a sudden, I had that take two years ago, this past summer. Everybody's saying he's a Hall of Fame player. He doesn't need these reps. Well, yeah, we just hit him in the garage. We didn't take him out for that long road trip test. This issue probably could have been addressed a lot earlier if we didn't just hide him in the garage the whole summer. So I think that's my victory lap today. I think, to your point, correct. Doctors, we don't want to question them, right? They, they know what they're doing. But I think everybody that was involved probably can't blame any one entity, mm-hmm. but everybody wanted to take it as easy as possible, get as much rest as possible. And that what that happens with a knee rehab like he was going through is it just starts to get weird because you're not treating him like a normal athlete. And he's not practicing, not getting those live reps, that uh, test his knee in different ways on different surfaces. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my take. Is I, I think that we probably could have figured this specific new issue out a year ago if we wouldn't have babied him because he's a Hall of Famer and doesn't need the reps. Sure. What, that was BS to start with, and I think that's BS now. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think he needs the reps. I, I don't. I don't think he ne- he's outstanding. He is so good. He's so good at what he does. He, From he, a football he, perspective, he yes. does not need the reps. Yes, 100%. From a physical perspective, I think your point is a good one. And, and I was texting with a friend today who's a Bears fan, and he said something similar to this happened with Khalil Herbert because Khalil Herbert blew out his knee. The surgery didn't go well. 
So then they had to redo it, and then when he came back, he blew out his Achilles. And they think that's because two years of not really doing high-level, NFL-level workouts, right, the rest of his body started to atrophy a little bit. And he was probably in better shape than 99% of people, but when you have to hit the hit the practice field or hit the workout room and work out on an NFL level, right, that's, that's not the same as 99% of other people in the world. So I, I think there's something to be said uh, about what you're saying, Vagamon John. I think this is a good, and I think this is a fair take, 100%. You gotta, you know, if you've got a car and it might have a problem, you gotta get out of the garage. Otherwise, it's just gonna be a car with a problem for a longer period of time until it's rusted in the backyard, and you wish you would have sold it three years ago when it was worth something, but now you're stuck with it until its dead cap goes away. Interesting. We, we gotta keep going with the, uh, you know, first it was Aaron Rodgers, now it's David Bakhtiari. Just Packer players car analogies what are the three best ones of all time yeah what does that uh, make joe barry a station wagon <laughs> what does that make joe barry man a wood paneled station wagon maybe a tandem bike with my uh, matt lafleur <laughs> there, there you go who's in front who's steering Ooh, uh, joe barry's definitely in the back man joe barry does not do a lot and uh as he should that's funny. Well, I appreciate you, Vagabond John. Have a good weekend. I assume you're going to the game tomorrow, so have fun. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask real quick before we hop off. Are you uh, are you gonna? You're in Milwaukee, right? You will not be at the uh, the pregame show. I am. I will be in Milwaukee this weekend, and next weekend I will be up north at a wedding. I will be in old Shitek, uh up in in the seven one five. So I'm gonna have to plan I a will... pregame in a couple of weeks that I'll join you guys down there at the Red Zone. I'm gonna be down at the Red Zone uh, in full wedding attire, and then I will be uh, <laughs> nice. taking. I-90 over to Oconomowoc and going to a wedding oh. during the game because that's the type of people I uh, am, you know, family with. Weddings during football season. Come on, people. Not in Madison, but over in Milwaukee. They don't They don't care. Those big city. They, right. you know, they live in their ivory tower over there on the east coast of the state. And, you know, what's going on with the rest of us? That doesn't matter. Have a great weekend. I got to run back about John. Later, Grant. Yeah, have a good night in the garage. I am jealous. Let's take a break. We'll come back, talk about the Brewers just a couple minutes, and then Mike Clemens will be here at 530. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Mike Clemens is going to join us in about 10 minutes to talk about David Bakhtiari's media availability today. Talked for like 40 minutes. We got some clarity, so we'll get the details from Mike Clemens. It's not good. He is uh, hes going to miss the rest of this year and hopes to be ready by training camp of next year. So David Bakhtiari is going to basically, he's going to have a zero of a season this year. Well, at least this injury and, and this, this IR stint, now that he's on IR and he's going to miss the year, at least this makes things easily uh, fixable, and at least this makes things easier for the Packers financially. That's what I would say if this makes this easy for the Packers financially, which it doesn't. Uh, Ken Ingles, Packers cap, tweeted, Cutting David Bakhtiari next year means he gets his entire salary throughout his injury grievance. And if he doesn't voluntarily retire or restructure, nothing prevents him from sitting on IR and collecting his full salary. So do with that what you will. I don't really blame David Bakhtiari for this. I do think they're really, you know what, I'll tip my cap. And you can't see me in studio. I also don't have a cap on, but I'll I'll tip my cap, uh, at least 
theoretically speaking, to Vagabond John, because I think that's a good take. David Bakhtiari had an issue with his knee that was separate from the ACL, and we learned that to be true today for the first time, right? And and maybe the Packers would have known this. Maybe David Bakhtiari and his doctors would have come to this conclusion sooner, and this could have been resolved sooner had they not just had him sit on the bench all the time and never practice and miss a lot of games. I think there's something to be said for that. I think that's a good take, Vagabond John. And I find it a little odd you know, I said this back at 4 o'clock, and if you missed the, the first segment of the show, it might be worth your time to go back and, and find it in the podcast. Unless you hate it when I rant and I'm really obnoxious and you think I sound like a gas bag, then, well, you can skip it. Uh, but it is in the podcast. Back at 4 o'clock, I'll post it just after the show's done tonight. I said, what, 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 what have we been doing for the last three years? You know? We finally, in October of 2023, looked around and thought, Something's not right here. Let's look a little deeper. Something's not right. Some something's not right. He missed the entire year after his injury. Was at no point back to normal the year after, and now in the third year following his injury, he's played one game, and then he has missed the rest since. Through what four are the Packers two and two? What the heck is the Packers record? I don't even remember. Bears are one and four. The Bears have played one extra game, so the Bears have played. Five games means the Packers Packers are two and two, two and three. Who cares? You get the point. David Bakhtiari hasn't played since week one. No part of this has been normal ever. And I guess I'm just a little confused as to why the Packers decided this week of all weeks on October 6th of 2023, after three years of Willie Woney, like, let's, let's look into this. Maybe something's up. Of course, something is up. Of course, something is up. His knee Swells up to the the size of a throw pillow after he does 20 minutes of physical activity. They got to drain it. He can barely walk straight sometimes. Of course, something this this does not happen after an ACL surgery. This is not a situation where where you just throw your arms up in the air and say, well, everyone's body reacts differently. Some people, I mean, it's not common, but some people when they get their ACL reconstructed, it takes three years to get back to normal and you got to drain a gallon of juice out of their knee every day. It's just, it's the way it is. You know, these knee injuries, they're fickle. No, there's something else. Why did it take this long to look for something else? Why did it take this long? It's again, I, I used the car analogy earlier on in the show. No one would ever assume something is wrong with a car if it's running perfectly and making no noises and, and, and it's not due for service. You would never bring a car into the dealership and be like, hey, it's running great. It sounds great. I'm having no problems with it. But hey, can you put it up on the lift and charge me for a couple of hours of service? Because I just I got a feeling no, no one would do that. Right. So if David Bakhtiari was playing great and everything looked smooth and normal, well, of course, the Packers wouldn't have thought to look at his cartilage thingamabobs on each side of his knee. How many red flags did they need over the last couple of years? He's like, if I took my car into the shop and the, 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 the service man at the desk told me, well, you need new uh, bushings and you need all new belts and all your brakes are crummy and uh, fuel lines shot. Uh, we're going to have to replace those. I mean, how have you been driving this thing the last couple of months? How, how have you been getting around? And I'd say, well... I guess there were some warning signs. It was making this horrible squeaking noise. And when I drove it of over 
60 miles an hour, it started bouncing up and down, and the lights really only kind of work half of the time, and there was always gas leaking out of the bottom into my garage. I, I don't know what that was. That's been David Bakhtiari. He's been a walking set of red flags for the last couple of years, and no one thought, yeah, let's take this guy in and into the shop and, and make sure something's not going on in there. It's not like he's been playing perfectly. It's not like the, this ailment should be a surprise. We should have been looking, examining, critically thinking. Take him to Dr. House. Dr. House would have figured this out in a 45-minute episode. It's just weird that this took years to, to be figured out and to be problem-solved. It's very frustrating because now, even if he's back at the start of next year, he's still going to be expensive as hell. And I, like, I'd like to think that he'd still be a great left tackle because he's been a great left tackle all throughout this. His body just hasn't let him play I don't know. It's not just that the Packers, like, ignored what could have been a, a lot of red flags, a lot of injuries, and just let him mispractice and let him sit out. They kept pushing his money out to boot. It'd be like you're driving a car around that's falling apart, and you're using the money you had set away for another car, and you're spending that on lottery tickets. It's like they knew something was wrong. They should have known something was wrong. They didn't do anything about it, all while pushing his money way out into the future. It makes no sense. There's a lot of wasted time. And yes, this situation is fair to no one and not really anyone's fault, but the situation could have been handled better. Like we, we could have done a better job here as a collective handling this and trying to resolve this. That can be true while also stating the original situation is no one's fault. That, that's what's going on here. Let's take a break. Mike Clemens will join us next. He'll speak directly to this. He was there to listen to Bakhtiari speak today. He's been around the locker room. And we'll start to look forward to the Raiders game, which is on Monday in Vegas. Wisco Sports Show. We're back with Mike Clemens next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Dave comment on that um, I know he wanted to talk to you guys later on so I'll let him talk about his, his timeline as Matt LaFleur that was earlier this week after David Bakhtiari missed his what third fourth game in a row after playing in week one they all start to blend together which is hilarious because we're only through four, four or five games probably not the response you'd expect from a coach if the answer is a resounding yes if Bakhtiari would for sure be back this year, I don't know that that would have been the answer from Matt LaFleur. Bakhtiari spoke earlier today, and he kept going and going and going. I was hoping to watch the presser before the show started, but it was like 40 minutes long. Mike Clemens was there. He was in attendance. Where does that rank in terms of surreal, unique, weird, circumstantial press conferences that you've covered? It's just such a bizarre situation. I've been doing this almost four decades. Unprecedented. Really? And well, first of all, David Bakhtiari is a really intelligent guy, a very fast processor. Um, and like I was telling you off the air, he's almost he could be a medical intern. He has learned so much through this. Here's a couple of things that I I kind of got clarified today for this thing that started. It's New Year's Eve. It's a Thursday afternoon practice that I remembered because it was kind of one of those you know where you were when you found out. I, I you know, and it's a guy with an ACL. But, you know, I've covered him since that first day in training camp when this fourth-round pick, and, you know, they were looking for – they had a lot of wide-open jobs for offensive linemen. But Clay Matthews now was an established guy. Well, he'd won a Super Bowl. He'd been around here for a couple of years. And so then here's this kid, number 69, a little undersized at left tackle, kind of quick, but they're doing these one-on-ones. 
And so Clay lines up on this kid's outside shoulder, and there they go. And 69 will not let him get past. And then they blow whistles. And it goes like for three, four, five seconds. So they, they do it again. And Clay says, yeah, let's do this again. They line up. <laughs> this is like the second or third day of training camp. Said hut. And there he is again in pass protection mode. Clay's on his outside shoulder. Now he's trying to use some moves. Now he's trying to dip under. And he can't get past the kid. And then he tells the coaches, as he's now getting a little gassed, do it again. He lines up, and the kid still won't let him go by. And Clay rips off his chin strap, throws his helmet ground, swears a little bit that he can't beat this damn rookie that they picked up in the fourth round. And David Bakhtiari has not left the left tackle position since, with the exception of this injury, where it's a Thursday afternoon, and it's New Year's Eve 2020, they're getting ready for, I guess that was in the uh, last regular season game of the year. And they were in full pads, and they had been running pretty long. And Dave told me this afternoon, I think something that he had not revealed before, because you know what, he's a professional athlete, and you sort of have to hold on to your cards when it comes to the details of your injury. Yep. But he said, you know what, we we needed one more set. And he said, I said to everybody, Let's go one more round. That didn't look good. Let's go for one more series. And so they huddle, and they line up, and he felt it right away. Okay, that's not right. So they take him in, and then the initials from the trainers like, "Eh, probably MCL. Okay. And then he gets a call back hours later, like, you've got to come back. We We need to x-ray this some more. Okay, well, what does that mean? Like like he was almost in denial, and he got a call a few hours later. It's ACL. Ugh. And then over that comes this two-and-a-half-year saga of, of scopes after the ACL surgery, of scopes and other things that he's had to do in the training that we saw him do. And he said today, you, you emphasize, you know, this is not about the ACL this is about the other structures around the knee. And we didn't really get into, did you train too hard? Did you try and come back too soon? Did that exacerbate this? Because he can tell you everything about every part of that knee mm-hmm. that he's had troubles with, that they've had troubles with fluids. He talks about the records he's sent in the NFL on 165-something of fluid that they've drained out of the knee. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's un, un believable. So he comes today and says, all right, they put me on IR last week because the doctors, and he's gone all over the country for this stuff. They, There's no getting around it. There's this one last surgery he's got to have regarding the cartilage, the cartilage. And it's something called the femoral condyle cartilage issue that they nice. hope that would not be a problem, but it means they got to go back in one more time. So then you ask him, why have you agreed to another surgery, this time the cartilage, on your left knee? I'm willing to give what I can for this team. And I think, uh, you know, every man in here sacrifices their body. For me, I, I've 
I'm willing to sacrifice a lot. And I think because uh, we only got one shot at it. I can't go play football when I'm 50, and I need to make sure also I can move around now and when I'm older. So uh, when my long-term goals and my short-term goals kind of align with having to get this procedure done, that kind of also made it really easy too. I'm like, well, if I need it when I'm older and I need it when I'm younger to play, because the, the other part of the equation, like I said, there's multiple errors, is can I just get through it, play the amount of football I want to play, and then we just clean it all up when I retire? That also came, you know, there's... I'd love for it to be as black and white and simple, but it was a very, uh, there was a, so many variables that went into play. So I like that breakdown of it. Well, it needs to happen whether I'm playing football or not, and I want to still play football, and it's what I need, and it's what's for you know best for my, my long-term health and my ability to walk and, and feel fine later in life. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't fault him for that. I do like the sentiment that he's he wants to be there for this team. He wants to play for this team, but I... I think part of me is like, I, dude, we, the moment's passed. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love that. I, I love to hear that from him. And I, I want to be there for this team. But, like, the last couple of years, man, those those were kind of the years. Like, now I am now I just kind of want to make sure you're good and your leg's not going to be jacked up the rest of your life. Well, we talked a lot about that. I mean, we asked him, said, you know, are, now, wait a minute, are you doing this for the rest of your life? Or are you just trying to still do what's best to get you through another year, two, three years of paydays in the NFL. And he said, no, it's both. He says, whether it's, it's healthy to get you by, you know, uh, another couple of football seasons or surgery that's going to hopefully last you the rest of your life. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if he didn't actually get to the point to say, yeah, I'm probably going to have to have nurse surgeries every five years. Like a lot of these NFL guys do when you're around, like Jerry Kramer and those guys, <laughs> I get a golf outing and they're sitting in the clubhouse. You know what they do? They talk about procedures. They talk about good doctors. Yeah. They fight for the rest of their lives to try and get rid, get rid of the pain. That's the sacrifice that they've made to to play this sport. So um, Bakhtiari says that he and his doctors have tried to avoid this last procedure regarding the cartilage. And after that Bears game, it just got to the point where they said, dude, you know, football or not, you're going to have to have this. The stocks on multiple of these surgeries, uh, you know, hundreds of them, a lot on athletes, you know, basketball players. Uh, he's worked a lot uh, extensively on. Like I said, it's just I'm a symptomatic individual when it comes to this, type, this specific injury. Um, you know, we tried, you know, every which way to see to not have to get the surgery or to make sure really this is the option that we have to take, the course of action we need to take. Um, and that was where I would kept battling just to try and make sure I can be out there and play. Um, and then obviously we hit a point where it's been drawing on so long where I'm like, okay, clearly we just need to fix this because I don't think this is a very sustainable uh, way to play and continue uh, the latter part of my career. Um, you know, I'm playing. No one knows when I'm going to play. No one knows when I, when I can. And when my body tells me no, like that, that's just that's not. It's not a good recipe. So, Mike, I had a caller about 15 minutes before you, you joined us, and the caller I thought made a good point. I think it's good logic. Is the Packers would have come to this conclusion, and David Bakhtiari might have come to this conclusion a lot earlier, a year or two ago if they hadn't sat him out of every practice and if and if he actually would have had to kind of go through some processes similar to a, a normal player, they would have realized, no, 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 we can't do this. And, and it seems like, 
I don't know. I, it, it's just a bummer it took this long to get to this point. And I, I don't know if that can be blamed on anyone, but I thought that caller made a good point, and I wanted you to give your thoughts on that. Just months before he had the injury, he got this big deal, which made him the highest-paid left tackle in the National Football League. Yep. So this thing happens. And they see how hard he works to be ready by the next fall. And we see him running around, you know, like crazy uh, in record time. And then he ends up, you know, missing most of that next season. And then the next year, uh, he plays, I mean, he's played in 13 games, including the opener this year against the Chicago Bears in two and a half years. Yep. So, um, you know, should should the Packers have just said, hey, never mind, and cut him a year ago? Yeah. But like Gutekinds has said up front, um, we kept hold, holding out that this guy would come back and he would complete this contract and we would have the best left tackle that we could ever get for Jordan Love mm-hmm. to protect this kid. But, you know, it's they kept on hoping, hey, give it three months and maybe it's going to go away. And it's and and as I say, as I as I reported here about three months ago, uh, it's more than just fluids. It's more than just inflammation. We're talking about pain, and then today he used the word atrophy. So you know, it turns out that if you have knee surgery, if you have any kind of these kinds of surgeries, atrophy follows. Yeah. Where there's a a de- decline, a decay in the muscle tissue, and then you have to work to get it back. Except with, and and I said, okay, Dave. First, first of all, let's get this straight. How many procedures? So he goes, okay, January of 21, two or three weeks after the injury, during that Thursday afternoon practice in pads, mm-hmm. ACL surgery, and then he's counting out, literally counting out his fingers. Okay, then two at that scope there, and we went a couple of months, and we had to get another scope and take fix that, and, and he got out to five. So he looked at me, and said, yeah, this next one I got to have would be six six surgeries in that time and each one has been a step this last one they've been putting off for months because they kept on hoping he wouldn't have to have this because you know that what they realized is what's happening they put him in this four-week ir he's gotten some more decisions and they said look there's no getting around it now you gotta have this cartilage surgery you're out until maybe training camp next year yeah and and so then we asked him this have you here, here's another thing. Did you know who scouted this guy in Colorado? Brian Gutekinds. Yeah. When he For worked Ted. under Ted Thompson, yeah. Yeah. And so we asked, we asked him today, how much are you keeping in contest, in communication with Goody? I mean, I, I have a really good relationship with Brian. Uh, he's been awesome with me. You know, I pick up all of his FaceTimes. So. Nice. Um, <laughs> I think he, like, he'd probably hit me up and let me know, uh, regardless of any situation. And. Whatever it's got to be. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not ignoring those sides. I mean, do they suck? Yeah. I mean, I would love to to play here until I decide that I'm done. But I, you know, I mean, you look at the guy that was here last year. I forget his name. The quarterback. Uh, I mean, you can't even. I mean, screw what I've done. I mean, that guy changed the the game, and he still is on a different team now. So, regardless of whatever happens, I mean, it's just life and. If it does, great. And if not, then, I mean, I'm, I can only control what I can control. I know I want to keep playing, so if I keep playing here, great. Well, and I, I don't doubt that Brian Gutekunst has a great relationship with Bakhtiari. I, I think he would be inhuman not to after everything that Bakhtiari's gone through the last couple of years. But I also got to point out, 
you know, it just doesn't make any financial sense for the Packers to get rid of Bakhtiari. If it did, and they did get some sort of financial relief, maybe they would have done that. But that hasn't really been a great option for Goody. So, you know, keeping Bakhtiari and hoping that he can bounce back and be the best player he can be, that's that's still kind of the best course of action for the Packers. They don't really have another option. For me, the only thing more complicated than the medical aspects of David Bakhtiari's left knee is his contract. Yeah, I best understand it is that, that the plan was let's go for this season. Let's go for it. Let's let's this guy get back and be a Packer. And then at the end of the season, if he's 100% and he wants to be here, fine. If he's not or he doesn't live up to our standards or he doesn't get on the field enough, now we're in an area where the Packers can release him and move on. And to me, I'm just thinking that's what's understood. And they know that they've got other huge contracts to sell. Let's start with Rashawn Gary and work our way down. And that, you know, I said he's going to do what Corey Lindsley did. He's going to do what Brian Balaga, who had knee troubles, do. He'll get signed by the Chargers. He'll he'll be, you know, 10 minutes from his house in L.A. He'll pick up another 10 or $15 million, play a little left tackle and train some kid out there, and it'll be great. And I talked to one longtime colleague up here last night over dinner he says are you nuts he's going to the jets next year come on mike wake up and i go "Eh, i don't know and talking to dave i think he's i genuinely think he's been loyal to this team and to that general manager who scouted him all those years ago to try and give it a go here um but not right now the guy is just trying to a see if he can ever play football again and B, you know, see if, you know, he's going to ever be able to chase his kid, you know, down the driveway someday. So David Bakhtiari was placed on injured reserve last week, which was technically a four-week deal. He announced today, I'm done for the year. I have to have one last surgery on my cartilage. <clears throat> It'll be the sixth procedure. I hope to be back by training camp next year. Whoever will take me, I know it's possible that this team's going to let me go. But uh, that's what I'm doing. And why am I doing this? He said, I, you know, he said, I had an injury in 2015 and I was sidelined. And I was so ticked off that I was missing a game. I went to my phone and I texted, what am I doing this for? What am I doing this for? And he said, you know, you put in Super Bowl, you put in contract, you put in other kinds of things. He said, I didn't have Hall of Fame in there. Yeah. I didn't have Hall of Fame in there. It's a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I And I... God, it just sucks. I feel for him. It sounds like he's he's gone six ways to Sunday to deal with this. And I don't know. It's a bummer, Mike. I certainly appreciate you giving us a rundown. That's a lot better rundown than I could have come up with myself, even if I sat down and watched this. And and you are correct, by the way. Back in I know exactly where I was when I read the injury. I was I was in a prod studio. I ran to the prod studio next door. I told the the news to a coworker named Bags, and we were both talking about. I remember exactly where I was on that day. It's because he was so consistent, so yeah. reliable. And he was the best at it. Yeah. And it's probably, to me, it's over. In Green Bay or it's over, over, you think? I think it's over, over. I don't know how he comes back from this. Yeah. God, that's a bummer. It sucks. Who's going to sign him? I don't know. The thing is, is if he wasn't worth so much money, I bet there'd be a bunch of teams that'd be like, yeah, sure. What? Why not? You know what I mean? If you're a contender and you, and you don't really have a set offensive line, it would be like bringing in a veteran wide receiver. It's like, well, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. You know, Devin Funches type of thing. Except Bakhtiari, unlike Funches, is a yeah. Hall of Fame level player. I guess if it's August and Davis out there on some field with some brace on, 
although he says he can't stand braces. Uh, if if he, I guess if he can beat out three other guys that are 24-, 25-year-old left tackles, maybe somebody will sign him. But I don't think he'll be here anymore. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Mike. Safe travels to Vegas. Are we going to talk Monday? Probably not Monday night because you'll pert near be in the press box ready for kickoff by then. But I know we'll hear oh, from no, you on I'll Bill's show. Get a re- yeah, we'll figure out what time that I can get a, an update on what's going on there at uh, the new 65,000 fans at Allegiant Stadium. How many? You think? Forty percent Packers fans. According to the motel rooms, we're trying to book out there. Yeah, they, they're flying, they're, and the ticket yeah. prices are expensive. They're really. I know a lot of people, friends and family, go into this game. Uh, so enjoy, Mike. Vegas is beautiful. Go out, get some sun, and, and we'll talk next week. I appreciate you. Thank you, Grant. Mike Clemens on Twitter at Mike Clemens NFL. Go follow him. He brought the goods today. He had his fastball. And this was something that I, I was hoping. It's like, Mike's going to clue us in on everything and give us the rundown. And I just like sitting back and listening to him tell stories. Mike's so good at it. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Not only going out to Wisconsin and the great Midwest, we're going around the world tonight, Parrothead. Final segment, Wisco Sports Show. Outstanding show tonight. Callers on their A-game. A lot of different topics. Mike Clemens had his fastball. He reached back for a little extra tonight. We appreciate Mike. That was outstanding. Catch whatever you missed in the podcast. Enjoy the Badger game tomorrow. We'll preview Monday Night Football on Monday when I talk to you next at 4. Have a great weekend. On my front porch swing.